to the How Did They Do It Real Estate Podcast. Have you ever wondered how people succeed in real estate and what steps they took to get there? If so, this podcast is for you. Your hosts, Sayla and Eileen Prack, interview top experts in the real estate community to share with you their real estate journey and how they achieved massive success. Our goal is to provide you with valuable real estate resources and to help you apply it to your own real estate goals. Hello, this is Adam Carswell, the host of Dream Chasers, and you're tuned in to the How Do They Do It Real Estate Podcast. If you like this show, first of all, you have phenomenal taste. Second of all, if you want to listen to another next level show like this, just click our link in the description and smash that subscribe button. It would be an honor for us to enrich your mind, body, and soul as well. Welcome everyone to today's episode of the How Did They Do It Real Estate Podcast. I'm your host, Eileen Pratt. And today we have two guests for you, Jimmy Woodard and Brian Marks. And they are co-founders of Cloud Castles, a real estate investing app that lets you buy snackable shares of vacation homes that you can stay in and earn money from. And they've known each other since 2010 when they met as students at UC Berkeley. And since then, they've built over a decade of experience in the tech industry and plan on using that knowledge to make real estate easier and more accessible for everyone. Because let's be honest, real estate investing is in serious need of an upgrade. <laughs> So thank you so much for coming on the show, Jimmy and Brian. How are you guys doing? Doing well. Thanks for having us. Doing great. Yeah. Thank you for being on the show. So you guys met back in 2010. Was this in college or how did that relationship bloom? Yeah, Brian, how did we meet? <laughs> uh, I was, uh, you know, kind of by fate, I think, in some ways. it was. I found a flyer. Uh, it was like a student-led. They called them decals at University of California, Berkeley, but it was basically a student-led discussion course at Haas School of Business. Uh, so I decided to join. It was my first year there um, as a transfer, and Jimmy was one, I guess, the facilitators. Mm -hmm. And uh, yeah, we just hit it off. And uh, coincidentally enough, he invited me out to a Tahoe event uh, with a lot of other UC Berkeley folks. And I was like, yes, I'm in. Let's go. And uh, and funny enough, we have real estate in Tahoe now uh, some decade later. <laughs> that we're yeah, all come full circle since then. So yeah, we've known each other for a very long time since college. So did you guys start off knowing that you wanted to do some type of business together? And did you even know that you wanted to get into real estate at that point? Yeah, it's kind of funny. Uh, Jimmy was on the law path and I was on the medicine path. Medicine. Oh, wow. <laughs> uh, Jimmy did complete his law degree. I wanted to save some money. So I didn't go to <laughs> uh, I more software. And so, uh, but we did, you know, we always stayed in, in touch as friends. Uh, and then I did, um, Jimmy joined very incredibly early pre-launch as co-founder after I kind of showed him the idea at his, uh, at his bachelor party uh, that we were at together. So that's how I got involved in the product project oh. as a book. I see. So how did you guys decide on short-term rentals then? I'll let Brian speak to the background, but we actually started this thinking that timeshare was the industry we were going to disrupt. But we realized just within the real estate space broadly, short-term rentals is one of the, the best ways to reduce high cash flowing assets. And so we wanted to go after a space where we can help the retail investors that join us make more money than they could with a long-term rental. But I can let Brian kind of speak to the the early eight, early days of uh, Cloud Castles with the timeshare model. Uh, yeah, so we, we heard about timeshare from some folks in Florida, and it sounded like a great idea on paper. I was like, oh my gosh, like you know, pooling resources. There's the ability to own and also vacation. Uh, it made a lot of sense. And after looking into the nuts and bolts of timeshare, it's a terrible. Uh, I mean, my this is just my opinion, uh, but it's a, it's not a good financial uh, investment. In fact, it's a very poor month over month 
Um, and you know, it costs, it costs a ton of money. So we actually wanted to kind of take that model on its head and really prioritize the investor, specifically like a retail investor, someone coming in with low kind of like $15, $20, $100, maybe $1,000, and have them get the same return as if you were you know, dropping a million dollars or $2 million. And I think that's where the market should go to is where we're demo, uh, basically democratizing uh, the ability for anyone to join real estate investing. And short-term rentals are great. You know, one of the best parts about owning vacation rentals is the ability to use it. So that's like uh, one of the larger added benefits of doing short-term rentals is you can actually use the property. So you guys started with Cloud Castles with the idea of disrupting the timeshare space. And so how difficult or how simple was it to transition that model, that platform to the short-term rental space? It wasn't too hard. I mean, really, it comes from talking to our users and figuring out what they like. And we found that more people were joining our app for the investment portion than the actual usage of the properties. Now, you still have that when you work with Cloud Castles, but we noticed very quickly people want to get a great return. And that's where we changed our focus to making sure that every house that we acquire and renovate has a, a high return and our hurdle rates at least 15% cash on cash return. Got it. So can you share with us, you know, generally, what is that? Because you talk about like the snackable shares of vacation homes. What does that really mean? How does that kind of play into everything? And how does that model kind of look like for, you know, an investor? Yeah, I can speak to that. So once a, a property is put onto our platform, the Castle platform, at that point, the uh, it's basically fractionalized into ten thousand shares. Cloud Castles will keep twenty thousand or two thousand rather, and then the eight thousand additional ones are, are basically on the platform for anyone to buy. So if you came in and you bought all the shares, you're still buying at the same price per share as if you bought one share or two shares. So that's basically. I don't know, Jimmy, if you wanted to add anything there, but yeah, if you want to put numbers behind it, let's say we had a hundred thousand dollars that we spent to acquire the property. We break that down. So you come in and you can buy a single share for $10. That's as simple as we make it. And to what Brian mentioned earlier, this is helping people who normally wouldn't have the tens of thousands to acquire property, to build their wealth through real estate. Now they can come to our app and get their feet wet by buying as little as 10, 15, 20 bucks a share. And just to be clear, those shares, what they actually entitle you to is a split of the Airbnb profit. So let's say you own... 100 shares or let's say you have 1,000 shares, that's going to be 10% of all the Airbnb profit that's earned. You're going to get paid out every month. So that's kind of a magic moment for our user base is that they see actually, wow, I'm like, just by joining this app and, and investing some of my money here, I basically become a, a, like a landowner uh, or land, landlord rather, and basically getting paid out on a monthly cadence and making really passive income, which I think is where really as like a society, we should move towards more passive income. So you and Brian and Jimmy, you two purchase these properties and put it onto the website and investors can go in and buy shares of the investment properties that you have put together. That's our current model. And, and what we're actually kind of doing to scale this is actually what's called our alpha program. And if any of your listeners are interested, our alpha program is basically getting in a little bit early, like basically being kind of a more strategic investor where you're not necessarily doing high net worth like individuals, but maybe like 10,000, 15,000, 20,000 initially, even before the house has been renovated. So you get in really early and that's how we're going to scale to basically the home count that we have now to more of like 100, 
500 homes. That's our alpha program. So talk to us a little bit about why you decided to choose the short-term rental space and how is that market performing for you guys? And what do you see the, like the, what do you see the trend heading towards right now in the space? Yeah, I can, I can speak a little bit to the short-term rental industry. Uh, you even go to Airbnb's prospectus when they first uh, went public, they looked at short-term rental industry as a $1.8 trillion market. That is a huge and vast market that if we look at the grand scheme of things has just begun. So we saw this as an opportunity where if we can do the right research because regulations are important in this space and we can do the right renovations because it's not just a listed and they will come uh, solution. You actually have to stand out from competition on the different apps. Then this could be a great opportunity for us to succeed, not just for us, but for all the retail investors that trust their money with us. And just another thing to add there, the reason why a short-term rental market, I think is a good market to get into is there's actually a lot of data over the last 10 years. So basically uh, a lot of folks have scraped all the Airbnb booking data, and it's actually very predictable how some homes will perform on Airbnb, give or take, you know, there might be natural disasters or some sort of uh, global pandemic. But for the most part, it's very predictable on how a house is going to perform almost like 90% accuracy. So if you kind of work backwards from the numbers, you can oftentimes achieve a very desirable outcome by just really doing your, your R&D, your research and development on which properties you want to uh, acquire. Got it. So how did you decide to create this platform and convert what you transition, what you had originally wanted to do with the timeshares? But how did you decide that I'm going to create a platform where people can get into and be part owners in real estate, even if they don't have the large capital to invest on their own, but we can come together, pull some resources together, invest in something, and then still earn a return, still own some real estate, but not have to do the landlord side of things. I can speak to one part of that, and that's just kind of a personal anecdote. My father, you know, he was actually did uh, you know did a lot of stuff in his life, but he, he um, built a house was one thing, and that's how he provided. For, he unfortunately, passed away. That's really how he provided for his family. And so, real estate to me was always central in really building generational wealth and being able to have that passive income, have an appreciating asset is so important to have nowadays. Something that's going to really gain value compared to. A lot of other things that, you know, you can, NFTs are great, you know, <laughs> crypto is great, but I, uh, the tangible appreciating assets that are just solid like real estate uh, can go really far. Got it. And so Jimmy, how have you guys been, how have you guys been, I guess, sharing your platform with other people in this space, letting them know that there is another way that they can get into real estate, that they can participate in earning passive income cash flow through the platform that you guys have built and still own some part of real estate without having to do all the, they don't have to deal with the tenants or if they don't have the time to maintain Mm -hmm. it. Well, let me first say that because we're a two-man operation, 90% of our work goes towards the development of the app. Shout out to Brian, because I can't code for anything. And the development of the properties. That other 10% is where we try to spend time on podcasts with hosts as gracious as yourself. And really word of mouth has been a huge boon for us. Because if you can imagine, as Brian talked about that magic moment earlier, that's where someone sees that they're making money from this and they didn't do anything but invest a couple of dollars at first. And then they tell their friend who tells another friend who tells another friend. 
So the majority of our growth up to this point, and you know, we just launched at the end of 2020, so we're still a relatively new company. But the majority has been through uh, word of mouth referrals, which is is great to see from our side, especially with all the work that we're doing on a day to day basis. Yeah, because I think a lot of the mindset, or you know, as people are looking to get involved within real estate, they think to themselves that it takes a lot of money, it takes a lot of capital to be able to participate and to get into real estate, purchase some type of real estate. But you guys saw a need that there was a way for people to participate, even if they don't have that large capital. And there, there's some other means that we can we're able to buy things together through your app. You can participate in the short-term rental space. You can do, you know, syndications. You can do whatever like that. But together as a group, we can buy bigger things that we probably wouldn't be able to on our own. Oh, 100%. And I don't know if you're familiar with Bigger Pockets. It's a very popular real estate platform. But the majority of the advice is house hack because that's the best way to get into real estate. But you still have to have the down payment to be able to house hack. So even that is out of reach for a lot of our, our, our core audience being millennials. And so we wanted to come in and have this platform and provide an opportunity for people who still want to build their wealth through real estate, but may not be able to do it on their own. So what has been the biggest challenge as you've been building up the app, this platform, and also managing your portfolio, managing the um, the business itself, and also looking to acquire more deals um, and building out overall. I can speak to the property management side, but I'll let I'll let Brian talk about the the platform side. Um, so, as far as technology wise, uh, it's. I've been consulting in the mobile space for a while, so there hasn't been any too too many surprises on what the technology can do. I think this is really a, the challenge here, which Jimmy will go to, is really um, more on kind of the people are inherently un, uh, unpredictable a little bit. So uh, there's like a little bit you have to uh, build in. But as far as the technology, we were really excited to see the adoption. I mean, within four clicks, you can literally own real estate. Like your name is on, uh, basically owns an LLC, which owns the deed is is how it's structured. And that's something really cool to see. And that's something we haven't had before. Uh, no one's had before. So we're trying to start kind of a new paradigm shift in real estate ownership where it's instant. And then the returns are also uh, immediate as well. But I'll let you, uh, Jimmy, speak to the property management side, which is the bulk of the, the challenge. Yeah, Brian, <laughs> Brian uh, brought it up. But property management for short-term rentals is a very fun and interesting business to be in. Because I have horror stories, I have wonderful five-star review stories, but you really get everything in between in terms of the guests that you allow onto your property when you have a short-term rental. So it's making sure that I can stay on top of all of that while we continue to scale up our portfolio. We love hosting this show. When we started this podcast, we were doing all the editing and post-production ourselves. Now, we are very excited to have this particular company as a partner of the show to do all the post-production for us, because it gives us the freedom to focus on the two things we care about, serving you, our listener, at a higher level, and growing our own multifamily business. If you are like Sayla and me, then you want to add value to others while scaling your business. A podcast is the best way to do both, and we invite you to contact Adam Adams. He can help you launch your podcast, market your show for more listeners, and take all the post-production off your plate so you can focus on your business instead of in it. Listeners of this show can get a free consultation with Adam. To schedule your free consultation, find the link in the show notes. How do you guys, especially in this day and age, 
you know, we saw COVID happen. Everybody thought, especially in the short-term rental space, that it would actually slow down or halt altogether. But actually what we saw was a short-term rental space actually grew and there was a large need for it because people were looking for bigger spaces to house their families, to get away from other people so that they can have some more privacy by renting these larger larger homes that, you know, instead of going to a hotel, sharing, being in the same space as other people. So for you guys, you know, how did you guys think about that? I can just speak to the desirability because we actually started this with the plan to go into the Disney World market in Kissimmee, right next to Orlando. And that was going to be our first property. But because of this small thing that we all know of called the pandemic, we completely scrapped that. And we had to go back to the drawing board to figure out what are we going to do in terms of investing in short-term rentals when we thought nobody was, was going to even vacation or travel for the near future. But what we found is markets where you still have uh, within driving distance were doing really, really well during the pandemic. And that has continued to play out as we are continue, uh, continuously in the pandemic still. So I can I can let Brian share the story of Tao because it is a fun one. But that was our first uh, property acquisition that fit the mold that to what you mentioned earlier. But I, I'll let Brian talk about Tao. Yeah. So just for a little more context on our Disney World property, we do have Disney World property on the app right now. So we were able to kind of come first full circle and get uh, Kissimmee back on there. Uh, it's 13 minutes from Disney World. So we're excited to, to get that going soon. But we were about to close on one in March of 2020. If you can imagine, if you can kind of go back in time there, uh, Disney World in China was already shut down. It had been shut down for some time. And we were very concerned about the loss and revenue of shutting down Disney World. And so we actually did scrap it and kind of backed out the deal at the last possible moment. In hindsight, actually, we, I kind of wish we had gone through with it. Even though we lost a lot of revenue, the house, I think, uh, gained maybe just $150,000 in value. So oh, yeah. I'm, I'm sure, happened. Eileen, you know about the appreciation that's happened. Who would have thought? The pandemic too. <laughs> Nobody right. could have. You couldn't really. You don't know what was going to happen. Exactly. I mean, we don't really, honestly, uh, of the Tahoe house, the property that we have there is appreciated a ton, but we don't really realize that much for our user base because it's all about the revenue of the Airbnb. But anyway, so we do want to find, I think we, uh, Jimmy and I uh, joked that it was kind of like poetic that we buy our first property in Tahoe because we'd always go to Tahoe as like basically college kids. Uh, so we were able to do a few, employ a few kind of hacks to get a really good property in South Lake Tahoe, which has been doing spectacular out there. And so that the house is in this beautifully well-built house. And we actually did a lot of renovations in every house we get. We try to get like a very turnkey property, but a lot of the Airbnb experience is going to be uh, not just having a nice property that looks good. It's about the amenities and about the experience going there. Is there a game room? Is there some custom built Disney bunk beds that are you can't find anywhere else? When we buy a property in Vegas, we're going to do a speakeasy themed uh, Vegas property where all the doors are behind bookshelves. And I mean, that's really just unique for everything. That's really what we try to build into our Airbnb experience, something that you can't really get anywhere else. So always been a challenge with COVID. And I, but at, at the end of the day, Tahoe was a great choice because no one could really travel outside the country. And so Tahoe saw some of its busiest seasons during COVID and some of its busiest renting, rental seasons during COVID as well. Yeah. Can you share with us, you know, as an investor who's looking, you know, maybe something like this is interesting and I don't have the capital to put a down payment on my own house, but I want to share, I want to buy a share of the, something like this so I can participate and start earning some cash flow. 
how is it structured? How did you guys structure it between yourself and the investors in terms of like, um, I guess, yeah. How is it typically structured? Now, this sounds like a legal question. Let me put my law school hat back on, even though I joke, <laughs> I'm a recovering law student here. But it's pretty simple, right? So we structure it in an LLC for every single property. So even though we call them shares in the app, you still have a membership interest in the LLC based on the amount that you put in. So if you put in $1,000, it equals 1% of the property then you own 1% of the LLC. And one thing that we do have to to focus on is accredited versus non-accredited just because of the space that we're in. So we do keep track of the number of non-accredited investors in every single property. And hopefully one day we get to a point where that is not even an issue. But for now, we make sure to to track uh, accreditation status. Yeah. One more thing to add there real quick. If anyone of your listeners are interested in learning more, I think reaching out to Jimmy at cloudcastles.io or Brian at cloudcastles.io. We'd love to talk to them, honestly, if they're just interested in learning more. But um, that's basically what we do with all of our investors is help walk them through this process. How can we be strategic on which homes to buy? And how can we actually potentially put down a less payment, uh, you know, a less down payment than what they're expecting to do if they bought the house outright themselves. Got it. It's very similar to like, you know, because we focus on like multifamily syndication. So mm-hmm. it's structured very similar to that. But I think this is the first time I actually heard of this structure within the single or within the short-term rental space. And so I think that that's fantastic because there is a need. I mean, it's quite a booming industry and there's a lot of people looking to Rent are looking for those short-term rentals in this space. And like what we've seen, what we've been talking about is that it has been growing. And so lowering the barrier to entry and just having people be, being able to participate in other different venues and creating cash flow and just lowering the barriers to entry into getting into real estate. I think, I think that this is a fantastic model that you guys are doing are really interesting. Yeah, it's, it's diversification as well, because you know, we have people that have a real estate background that also come to us. And this might be their first uh, first venture into the short-term rental space. So that's part of the reason why we developed the Alpha Investor Program is because we had someone that downloaded our app, found us through a presentation that we had done, you know, put a couple thousand, which was small for them, not a huge investment, saw the returns that we were we were getting, and then decided, hey, I have capital, but I don't have the experience or the time to manage a property myself. Can you guys help me out? And so that's where the Alpha Investor Program uh, was born. And so that's how we're uh, getting our acquiring our Disney World property. And then also Smoky Mountains property also came from uh, Alpha Investors. And one other point to add a, a benefit, honestly, of our platform is that, you know, let's say just, you know, us three bought a house in Tahoe and it's doing really well. But then, you know, some forest fire comes along and shuts down the busiest season and we lose 20% of our revenue, which honestly did happen. I mean, it wasn't 20%, but it does happen. And so that's a challenge if you have just one property. But with our platform, if you can diversify between geolocations and maybe put, you know, 20% here, 20% here, 20% here, 20% here, you've really diversified yourself and protected yourself from risk inherent to any kind of real estate investment. Got it. And so as you've been building up your app and the real estate side of things and building out your investor base, what has been the biggest surprise for you that you didn't expect that you would encounter along this journey so far? Um, I guess, Jimmy, we can go first and then Brian, you can go second. Yeah, I can I can talk on the property management side. It was very surprising how people treat your home when you expect people to treat it as if it's their own, but that's not always the case. 
And so me not coming from a property management background, that's something I had to learn is, is how to interact with guests and understand that this is a one-time experience for them. It's not the same as owning the property. And obviously you're going to have things that happen. So really shifting my mindset to, to think, okay, as long as they don't break something on purpose or they don't cuss out at, at one of our vendor partners or something along those lines, then I can be okay with something going wrong because that's why you have insurance. That's why Airbnb and Verbo come to the rescue for, for things that go wrong. So it, it's really having that customer-focused mindset in the, the management space. That was probably my biggest surprise. Yeah, I think that's a great point, Jimmy. I think the biggest surprise of mine has actually been the just honestly the love and support we've gotten through the application. People have just reached out to us you know, out of the blue and said, this is an awesome product. It's so cool to see this. Like I've never owned real estate in my life before. And now I have, and, and granted they maybe bought like 50 bucks, but that's great. You know, I'm happy for them. And, uh, you know, they are seeing a return on that investment and it's immediate and we want to provide as much data and insight into how they can earn more in the future. So, uh, and as well as educational content, you know, there's so much to learn about real estate. And we do have an educational real estate investing series that we try to encourage all of our users to go through to understand exactly the ins and outs and, how to understand that. So just really the, the, the love that we've gotten from our user base has been awesome to see and surprising. <laughs> so what are you two looking to focus on next? Scale up, right? That's, that's any real estate company's answer, right? But I mean, for us, we, we're not satisfied with just having a couple of properties. You know, we want to eventually own a hundred, a thousand, 10,000, if we can get there across the world. So scaling is, is always top of mind uh, for both Brian and myself. Uh, long term, I think Jimmy's face would look great in Times Square on a billboard. But other than that, that's uh, right. <laughs> but put me on Times Square. Term, I will uh, not say no. Uh, but short term, we have Android coming out soon. So we've just been pretty iOS focused. So we have Android coming out as well. Uh, we have a lot of internal tools we're planning on building, like, for example, basically an MLS prediction model where we'll run through all the nationwide MLS data or homes listings and try to build a pretty accurate uh, machine learning model to predict which houses to buy and invest in based on like quite a few different um, kind of model points. Um, but uh, that's a big one we're excited about. And then beyond that, we have um, just general kind of general kind of growth of the users and more people exposed to, to real estate investing, I think is a huge win for everyone. So how has real estate investing impacted your life so far? Brian, if you want to start? Uh, yeah. So it's taken over my life. Uh, <laughs> so after thinking over, no, it's been great. I um, did construction kind of as a kid growing up in the summers and whatnot. So I'm able to apply that to basically every home we have. I had a wonderful opportunity to work with some amazing contractors who are, who are really just some contractors are you know tough to work with and hard, and some are just artists and they just do amazing jobs. And I think personally think homes are an expression. I think they really are just a beautiful thing that um, are so uh, you know essential to life. Um, so being able to work with them was was an amazing experience. And uh, yeah, Jenny, I don't know if you want to add anything there. Yeah. I'll- Take it from a legacy perspective, I come from a background where generational wealth is not a, a big thing in the Black community. And being a part of a company that can help build that out, where people can now own real estate and then pass this on to, to their children. I just had a, my own first child. He's 10 months old now. So this is something that I think about constantly when I'm not thinking about the sleep that I'm losing with my <laughs> wonderful son, James. But generational wealth is, is something that I think is a huge impact when you talk about real estate. So it, it's been great to see that, not just for myself with what company we're building, but also for some of 
our retail investors on the app. So what is one thing that you know now about real estate that you wish you knew when you first started? Oh, I love this question. I asked this question <laughs> in so many different realms and now here we are. Comes oh, full circle. <laughs> it really does. A lot of full circle themes on, on this podcast here today. I'll say one thing that I wish I knew going in was never underestimate the time or money it's going to take to get something not just off the ground, but stabilized. Because there's the first part to, as you know, in real estate of, of acquisition and renovation. But then there's also stabilization on the back end where you're trying to figure out how to, to make everything run smoothly and efficiently. And that takes a lot more time and capital than I would ever think when I first started this business with Brian. So having buffers is huge and something that I would recommend anyone getting into real estate. Make sure you have a buffer because you never know what's going to come up with uh, with some of your properties. How about Brian? Do you have anything else to add? Um, that's a, a really great uh, summation, Jimmy. I think the biggest thing I wish I'd known about real estate is how fun it is and easy to get into it is because it is pretty easy. I think there's just so many cool things about architecture of a house. And um, I mean, I wish I'd known a little bit more about uh, some plumbing issues before I uh, <laughs> bought one or two properties, but uh, they're they're fixable. You know, it's uh but I really, I think I wish I'd, I'd gotten much earlier because it's just so much fun. And um, it is actually, you know, the good people think, oh, this is like a $250,000 property. It's a half a million dollar property. But um, if you're able to, you know, develop good credit and work with a good lender, you can, and you know, even a primary residence, you, can only, you only need to put like 5% down, which is just not a, a ton of money. So it is especially, I think in the United States, it, it is really a great uh, way to place to get into real estate. and. and that's something I wish I had done earlier. <laughs> so Brian, what is the one thing that sets the successful people apart in real estate investing? I have a very good mentor friend of mine who has about a $150 million fund and his advice to ask his advice. And he said, he always wished he had bought more and never sold. I don't know if that's true or not, but it sounds right in hindsight. Uh, I think if you hold on to it for a long enough time, it's going to appreciate in value. Like even if you bought in the peak of right before the housing market crash of 2008, you still have a great property right now worth and you still make your money. Maybe not as much as some other uh, you know, channels that you could have made your money on, but you still have a great property. So I think um, you know, hold it for as long as you can, um, you know, put more into it, it'd be good. Uh, one other thing I'll add is also just to trust the data. There's so much data out there right now. And, and data actually surpassed oil recently as the world's number one commodity. And we just have so much data on the real estate market that can be leveraged. And I think you should really trust that data and really, really use it to uh, guide your decision-making in the process. How about for you, Jimmy? What is the one thing that sets the successful people apart in real estate investing? I'll say value-add. I mean, this applies in multifamily space you're in and the short-term rental space that we're in. If you know how to create value based on the existing project and then what you add and upgrade as you go along towards the end of your renovations, that's what helps people stand out. Because it's not something in the short-term rental space specifically, as I mentioned earlier, oh yeah, I just list my property on Airbnb and the money will flow in. Well, if you have terrible rooms or you have no amenities as Brian got into earlier, and there's nothing that stands out, there's no value add to this property, there's no way you're going to hit the cash on cash return or the cap rate that you're looking for. Again, I, I go back to multifamily. There are value adds that, that you can have in that space too. I think regardless of the real estate space you're in, 
if you know how to add value to your projects, that's going to help you uh, achieve whatever financial wealth that you're looking for. One other thing I'll add there too is, and just a real simple one for anyone's getting real estate is always get a second opinion <laughs> because there you for go. example, you might having some, some issues and, you know, someone's offering you a price point and might be kind of a desperate situation and you might want to take it, but you should probably get a second opinion. Basically just know to what, what things are worth. What does it actually cost to do this project or that project? I mean, people will, uh, and you know, what is the timeline of that project and all the details of the nuts and bolts of everything. If you do know that information, uh, great, you'll be really successful. If you don't know that information, just ask for a second opinion and you'll probably get that information. Awesome. Thank you so much, Brian and Jimmy. And for our listeners out there who are interested in learning more about, you know, Cloud Castles and what you guys are doing in the space, where's the best place that they can go? Uh, so we're on the App Store under Cloud Castles Real Estate. You'll find us on iOS and Android coming soon. If you come to cloudcastles.io, we do have an own your own home portion. And basically, if you sign up for that, we'll reach out to you if you want to get your own Cloud Castle. Awesome. Well, thank you so much, you two. I really appreciate everything you shared today. Yeah, thank you as well. Thanks for having us. Thanks so much. And thank you for listening to our podcast today, brought to you by Bonavest Capital. We would really appreciate it if you can go to iTunes right now and leave a rating and written review. Also, please don't forget to subscribe so you can always get the latest episodes. You can also connect with us on Facebook, How Did They Do It Real Estate. We'd love to hear your feedback and any topics that you're interested in for future episodes. If you're anything like Zayla and me and believe that real estate investing is a great way to create passive income and build long-term wealth, check out our free apartment syndication due diligence checklist for passive investors at bonavestcapital.com forward slash checklist. Zayla and I created this checklist for ourselves as we evaluated different multifamily syndication opportunities as a passive investor. So we would love to share it with you so you can use it as a resource as well. Download your free copy today at bonavestcapital.com forward slash checklist. Lastly, to learn more about us, you can go to bonavestcapital.com and fill out the contact us page so you can speak to us directly. Nothing on the show should be considered as specific personal advice. Please consult your legal, tax, and real estate professionals for individualized advice.